The Big Money Podcast. It's your window into outlier stocks and what really moves markets. Don't follow the news. It is the follow Big Money the big Podcast. Money. And I am Luke Downey, and I am with the esteemed, a good friend of mine, a best friend of mine, Jason Bodner. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here talking with you. Uh, I think you got an interesting lineup for us today. Why don't we go over that real quick? Yeah, before we do that, I want to uh, make sure that everyone knows to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So uh, as people consume these videos, we need people to like and subscribe. Same thing if you are listening to us wherever you consume your audio podcast, Apple, Google, uh, what is it, Spotify? Yeah, yeah, we're there too. We're there too. Make sure yeah. to subscribe. So we have a great show, Jason. We're going to be talking about a financial outlier, kind of like a someone that's kind of new to the game, at least to me, and that is Kathy Wood. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's a good one. That is well, a let's good just, one. Let's just, well, first let's, let's do the checklist. We're going to talk about our new outlier, Kathy Wood, right? Yep. And then what's next on the list? We're going to go over the market and what the big money index is saying for our data. Yeah. I mean, we had a podcast yesterday that said, uh, be ready for the growth rocket and um, blog post. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was a blog post. So, you know, we, we need to go over why we think, uh, why we are positioning for stocks to actually go meaningfully higher from here. So great. That is it, my friend. So why don't we go ahead and get into it and talk about Kathy Wood and why she is an outlier. Outlier concept of finding these great stops for map signals is we tend to highlight them after we've seen them many, many, many times on the report, you know, like, and in full disclosure, we own a stock like Home Depot, but it's appeared like hundreds of times on our top 20 buy list over 30 years, Great including back tested data. So it's easy to point to that and say, that's an outlier. What's harder to do is to find a newcomer and say, this one's got all the qualities I think we want to lean in. And that is something like a Kathy Wood that we're talking about here. You know, uh, that's why I find her interesting this week because she's a relative newcomer. She's been around for a while. Yeah. But as far as the spotlight goes, pretty new star, right? Listen, I mean, when she speaks, people listen. And I mean, she's got like a pretty big following online. And, uh, you know, she just had this phenomenal performance in her ARK ETFs, right? So you look at them. I don't know of any ETFs that have actually done better than hers. And uh, what's really cool is that I find her to just, you know, when she likes a stock, she gets in there. And um, that's what I try to unafraid. <laughs> that's just what I load the boat try to do with uh, with us. And, and uh, you know, when you and I are are trading and, and investing for our long term uh, accounts is, you know, whenever something lines up that looks like a great company, looks like a great opportunity, don't be afraid to get in there and actually own some shares. And I think she does a great job of doing that. And, you know, even though uh, her performance has been just phenomenal, 
And, you know, everybody goes through little setbacks here and there, you know, growth will, you know. You know, this goes back to uh, a post we put like two weeks ago, feel the fear and do it anyway, right? Great and line. why is that interesting? Because Kathy Wood, as an outlier, like you said, she likes a stock. She gets in there and goes to work unafraid. Why? Probably because data and history is on her side, much like when you made the comparison last podcast to Daniel Negrano. Negrano? I, I, I always have trouble pronouncing the guy's name. Say it. Daniel Say Negrano. It. No, you have. Negrano. Okay. Have. He is not using emotion to guide his winning hands. Kathy Wood is not using emotion. So even if the markets look ugly, like late February and a lot of March with this tech sell-off. Sure. Those are a lot of stocks that she holds, right? She likes the game changers and, you know, she likes a lot of the stocks that we like. Exactly. Um, but looking at her and her performance and you and I and how we interact and get excited about stocks and markets, it reminds me of years and years ago sitting on the trading desk and we would always, you in particular, would always look at one portfolio manager. And do you remember who he was? I don't know. Yeah, who you was do. It? Oh, yeah, of course. Do. Yes, I do. I know what yes, you're talking you about. Do. Chase. Chase Coleman. Chase Coleman, yeah. Was this guy who didn't want his picture on the internet. And it was hard to come by information, but you would look up his holdings. Yeah. Because Tiger Global was the fund he was managing. I think he still is. And you'd look at these stocks, you'd be like, Juice, juice, yeah, juice. And Just it's amazing. the same thing. And he is an outlier in the uh, hedge fund world. And I think Kathy Wood has the same type of qualities. But the really cool thing that she did was she made it available to the public through ETFs. Yeah. And, and, um, and she does some some really cool stuff, too, because she will um, post her her trades at the end of the day. So people wait for those, you know, and you can see on Twitter, you know, they're like, oh, what does she buy? What does she sell? And people speculate intraday, hey, this big move that just happened in Tesla, I'm making this up. They'll be like, oh, is that Kathy getting involved or something like that? So it's well, super the, cool. Fun size is very large too, right? Yeah. So she, I mean, she, she moves it around, you know, she shakes a tree a little bit. And, um, but the but cool what? thing Sorry, ab about her is, you know, when she speaks, or at least the videos that I've seen, she's talking about years from now, you know, right. she's making a bet. To, she doesn't care about what happens next week or next month. And I think she was probably early to the Tesla trade too, probably had to wait for it. And then, but Al, you know, things start to happen. So um, it, it's just like, it's really good to see. And I know I've told you multiple times and, and you and I, we always had this dream. We're just like, man, wouldn't it be amazing, Jason, Luke, if we could, you know, manage a long only portfolio, you know, and, you know, people would be like, wait, nobody's going to pay you to do that. And then here you are, I might have a crush on her, you know? Yeah. She's doing it. Yeah. We may have to uh, consider that for the future, right? Just, Feel free to weigh in on that when, yeah, uh, when you're watching this, but ETF. yeah, I mean, again, looking at the stock she picks and we don't own some of them, but a lot of them, I mean, we know the qualities. Yeah. Uh, outliers, she's picking outlier stocks. And to your point, she's picking them for the long run. And what do we talk about constantly? These outliers, yeah. If you buy them and hold them for nine months, you might get some really juicy 
performance, you might get a double or even more. Yep. But if you buy them and hold them for 10, 15 years, and I know that is a Woo! inconceivable amount of time. Who does that? Just crazy people, right, Jason? Yeah, the people who want to be rich. That's that. right. <laughs> That's really exactly right. That. Yeah, it, the rich man's game is is a patient person's game. You know, to Luke's point, she's not afraid of what happens one day to the next, a 3% sell-off in the NASDAQ. Her own fund performance was down like 9% in one day. And some people might look at that like a car crash and be like, oh my God, that's awful. But the, the untrained you know, the smart eye. people yeah. probably, <laughs> probably picked some of her funds up because uh, I, I believe in her, her view, looking for the game changers, the technologies, the superstars of tomorrow, the things that are going to impact our lives for decades or even generations to come. It's a really compelling story, but you got to buy into the long haul. You know, that's, that's a tough instrument to trade one week to the next. And outliers can be that way too. And look, our unique signal that sets us aside from Kathy is when big money is coming to play, right? We try and yeah. add that timing element to sort of latch on as, as, as the rocket's lifting off and you can get that extra bump of performance, but still it's, it's a long-term thing. Like we want to buy outliers and hold on to them because yeah. You know, you get a, get a Michael Jordan, you get a Kathy Wood, you yeah. get a Daniel Negrano in your portfolio, you yeah. get a Wayne Gretzky. I don't want to trade him. Yeah. yeah. You know, people, they, they get caught up with, you know, reasons for why stocks go down, whether it's rates or whether it's, oh, it's a liquidity crunch or whether it's, you know, funds are blowing out of China this. trade, China trade. There's uh, inflation, you know, they're always doing that. And, and, and do, whatever do you remember, do you remember like uh, Greek debt went to junk status and that was going to be the contagion that was going to rip throughout Europe and, yes. you know, wipe out U.S. equity market. I mean, there is always something to fear. And if the media is not getting people afraid, they can't keep, they can't keep us in line. You know, yep. you gotta, you gotta use fear to have you tune in and, and, and make sure you buy their message and their advertising and all this stuff. And, and it makes it compelling, but the, the patient people yeah, like you get in there yeah. and know that you're just buying the best of the best. We're talking about the top 20, 50 stocks out of thousands and thousands yeah. If you do your work right to choose the right ones, the short-term ups and downs mean a whole lot less. I'm sorry I stepped on your toes. So listen, you know, keep going. You can do that because you're a good friend. That's that's my equivalent of rapping. You're I'm not sorry. gonna get canceled. Okay. <laughs> so oh, thanks. You step on my toe. That guy interrupted you. You're canceled. Canceled. Yeah. Um cancel culture. Don't cancel. Me. Before we switch to market data, I want to say one other thing about Kathy Wood, because we have a number of our subscribers, they reach out and they they listen to what she says and they want to know kind of like, what are our opinions? But basically there was a video that went around, not exactly sure who produced it. I'm sure Kathy did, or maybe she was given an interview, but it basically was something to the effect of, she was saying that the way institutional investors 
uh, invest is kind of like an old outdated way. It's really slow, it's archaic, something like that. And I might have some of the information wrong, but people were wondering, because we are looking at institutional, what we think institutions are doing, does that make the map signals process um, slow? Does it outdated? Does it make it outdated? Does it mean we're missing something? And great question. I have an answer for that. Um, and you know what? Maybe I'll go first. And the way I would say this is we are looking for the big money. And sometimes the big money could be a hedge fund, sometimes a pension fund. And sometimes it could be someone like a Kathy Wood who's like just cranking it and swinging the axe with an ETF. So um, we are looking at what we believe are flows on a day-by-day -day basis. And um, it, it doesn't matter who is swinging the ax, you know, the map signals data is gonna be picking up on a lot of that stuff. So um, I'm not too worried about people worrying about the institutions and how they might be doing an old antiquated way of how they're doing their due diligence. I know, you know, over time, you and I have gotten a lot quicker in terms of pulling the trigger just in, in just when you see the setup, you know, it, it's time to, to go, go, go. We can't wait for that yes. earnings report and, and all that type of stuff. So um, I thought that was an interesting thing. And maybe you could um, opine on that. Yes, of course. The cat, you know, the pulling the trigger thing comes with confidence. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about podcasts a few months ago at this point, the one that got away. You watch yeah. enough of those, you know, you're better off pulling the trigger than the white sitting and waiting. Um, weighing in on whether or not map signals is outdated, looking at institutional volumes and things like that. You know, when we engineered this model, pulling this data, I think it's important for everybody else out there to hear it again. We use publicly available data. So we're not, you know, using, we're not paying special places to get special data that nobody else can. You know, we, we use the same ingredients available to you. We go to the same supermarket, okay? But what's important is when we look at when big institutions are muscling around stocks and moving volumes, we look, one of the very many data points that we collect is end of day volume, yeah. okay? That is consolidated volume by every exchange, every dark pool, every algorithm, every crossing engine, and whether or not you even know what I'm talking about, that doesn't really matter. Every share that changes hands on an exchange listed stock must be legally required to be reported to the tape. So we just wait till the end of the day, we see all the shares that trade, and we do our calculations based on that. So whether or not Kathy Wood thinks institutions do it in an outdated way or not, the volume's still represented in the tape. Whether it is Kathy Wood or not, it's in the tape. And to her point, yeah, if they do it in an outdated way, that's fine. You still got tens of thousands of institutions trading U.S. equities. And just because she makes a comment, it's highly unlikely that the entire market is going to undergo a sea change overnight. So even if they did, whatever they were trading would have to be reported to the tape. So we kind of built this model to be agnostic of it's, the environment, whether it changes or not, you know, it is what it is. 
If yep. stocks trade, we see it. Right? Whoever the next player is going to be, whether it's uh, ETF, high frequency, uh, we will definitely be seeing that. So let's or go Luke ahead. What? What? Or Luke and Jason. Uh, or Luke and Jason. There you go. So why don't we go ahead and get into the data? Because how can we be so bullish, right? You got the rockets going off. Um, we're talking about that in our uh, blog post. Let's go ahead. Oh. I'm going to share my screen here, Jason. Oh, and yeah. You just flickered me out. I got scared. I thought my sound effect was ruining everything. Well, listen, there we go. when you're moving fast, you're moving fast. So what's going on with the big money index? Again, guys, this blue line, that's the big money index. If it's going down, big money is coming out of stocks. If it's going up, big money is going into stocks. And as you can see, we fell out of overbought here. And um, it's really kind of range bound. Um, and it's not really telling us that much right now. So yesterday, what was the market down yesterday, Jason? Was it down 2%? Well, I was looking at the NASDAQ, which was down 3%. I think yep. the Russell was down around 2%. The S&P was like one and a half. I may have that wrong. So you're usually better about that stuff. I think you're right. Interestingly enough, it wasn't that big of a volume day based on our models. So really only about 800 stocks uh, traded in an unusual way. And you know, on a daily, on a, on a say 15 year average of around 500, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so we have seen bigger volume days by far. And today will be a big volume day because it's going to be options expiration. But uh, just to put that in context, because people were asking, you know, it's Thursday, was this a nasty day? And by our data, it actually wasn't. And when we come in and we look at, you know, stock buying and stock selling, what do we see here? These are the daily buys and sells of stocks, right? Big green is big buying, big red is big selling. Well, I'm seeing that there's not a ton of selling, wow. you know? Yeah. Do you see that? that? You get the uh, I do. Out. I mean, the red just kind of vanished, right? We, we might expect a stick or two. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's, little out of focus, but you, you can see clearly that February and March, there was blood dripping down and then yep. it just stopped. That's right. And of the stocks that are being sold, it's just not that many. And in fact, there were more stocks that were being bought yesterday than being sold. Can you believe now, that? No, that is interesting on a down day. So there are two comments I want to make. Yep. Some of you out there might be looking back at last February and saying, well, you got red mm -hmm. stocks. And then all of a sudden there was, you know, the number of selling went way down, right? And then it picked up and got to drastic levels. Well, yes, um, we, unbeknownst, we're headed into a pandemic and here we're headed into a reopen, right? So yep. I think the uh, horizon looks a lot better. <laughs> um, I think, you know, a lot of this is rotational. Uh, and look, uh, as far as your volume thing goes, yesterday I was poking around with you, Luke, on the NASDAQ and we were looking at Qs, okay? Yep. Um, and since January of this year, I noticed there were 11 days where volume was one and a half times the 20-day average volume. So that's basically one month's average daily volume trading. Yep. 
there were eight down days and three up days. And the average return of those 11 one and a half times volumes days was minus 1.2%. Yep. You know what was really interesting? So those included big down days like January 27th down 2.8%, January 29th down 2.1%, February 25th down 3.49%. This is for the Qs. Yep. I know it's not the market, but it's a good arbiter of tech. What was interesting is what was not in those days was yesterday. Yesterday was down 3%, a big, ugly day, but the volume only equaled the average daily volume. It wasn't even, it was 100%. It was nothing crazy to your point. So yep. we see it in the broad market ETF. We yep. see it in our data and we're just kind of, meh, if stocks are down, it's a great opportunity to pick around it. You know, I want to I wanna go into another story. You know, some people like personal stories. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a good friend of mine was out in the snow playing with his kids and he twisted his ankle. And uh, it turns out it was a level one ankle sprain. And that's yep. what you made the comparison to the market. Well, I was on my bike last week and I fell off and I hurt my arm and I didn't think much of it. And I finally checked it out today and it turns out uh, <laughs> I broke it. Um, and uh, the Sorry funny thing that. is, yeah, no, no, it's your fault. Uh, I think I was talking to you at the time, so it's your fault. No, uh, the point here is even with a break, I spoke to the doctor. He's like, you know what? With this particular break, you don't really need a cast. Try and keep it mobile. Don't use it too much. Yep. But in about six weeks time, you're going to be fully healed and you can be back on your bike. So even with a break, you know, not a level one ankle sprain, level two, level three with a broken bone. I think six weeks from now, we're going to be looking at a much stronger market. Right now, we're in a little sort of whippy, volatile pocket. You yep. see those down days with not big volume. We're still bullish because the up days, we see nice volume. Yep. And we see great performance in outlier stocks that have been beaten down for the first, you know, you know, the last call it eight weeks. Those are all good signs, but we're in between earnings period. Earnings going to start again in a couple of weeks in April. Uh, I fully expect year over year comps to be phenomenal yet again, you know, yep. and uh, I expect strong sales and earnings reports are stocks that we traffic in typically beat and shatter expectations and guide higher. So we're going to be trafficking in the right stocks. But as far as the market goes, we're in this patchy period. Maybe we got a little arm break in the yep. end of March. Maybe it was a level one spring. It doesn't really matter because in a few weeks time, six weeks, I think we're going to be just fine. And that is partially why we're feeling bullish on equities right now. The BMI fell we, from overbought. We've been buying too. We have been buying. You know, just picking away, you know, it's like, you know, the clouds haven't, haven't cleared, but signs are pointing to uh, better days. Is, is what we're seeing in the data. And, you know, as you were getting into, you know, the stuff about the cues, the same pattern that we're seeing in stocks is happening with ETFs. So selling is slowing as well. Um, so I, I think this could be a good setup. You know, all you need is headlines to shift, maybe rates start to pull back a little bit, and you could see that growth narrative um, turn around really fast. 
Well, that's just it. Headlines get so whippy, right? Uh, yep. Yesterday, Powell basically said lower for longer, not a surprise, yet the rates market is saying something different, but he's saying zero rates pretty much till 2023. Yep. And then this morning you come in, I, I read some headlines somewhere that uh, they are going to reintroduce capital requirements that were eased during COVID for banks and financials. And right away this morning, they're pounding financial stocks. So everything is very knee-jerk reaction in this market. Let's think like Kathy Wood. Yeah. Forget all that noise. WWCD, you know, yes, we want to time the market. Do? Huh? WWCD, w what would Kathy do? WWCD. We should yep. get little chains. Um, no, WWMD. What would Map do? There you go. What would Map do? Map do. Map do. Map do. Map would be done do doing. I can't say it. Map would be looking at prior outliers that have pulled back and offered significant opportunities to scoop them at reduced prices because. When we identify odd outliers, odds are higher that they will show up yet again at some point in the future than roll off and disappear into the sunset. Yep. So use a data quantitative measured approach. On down days, data says not big selling. On up days, we're seeing decent buying. We're seeing buying back in some of these growth stocks that we like to look at. Yep. The setup is not bearish. So it just to your point, it's hard to find a bearish narrative when you look at it analytically through data. Uh, when you look up intraday and the NASDAQ's down 3%, it's hard to be analytical and clear-minded because it elicits that, oh my God, I broke my arm type of response, you know? So yeah, um, it's interesting. It, it is interesting. And, and I think as we kind of wrap up, um, got a cool Bob Dylan quote here. And it's a little heavy and it says, people seldom do what they believe in. They do what is convenient, then repent. And I don't know why I was looking, I don't know how I even got this quote, but um, I don't know a ton about Bob Dylan, but it, it kind of reminded me of how a lot of new investors, they come to the market and maybe they don't buy fast enough and the market starts to rally and you know they just wait for that pullback that never seems to come right and then they pray for a pullback you know and and they'll they'll just i know i'm going to buy whenever it pulls back but then the the issue comes is whenever a pullback comes like now just a little pullback the fear comes the fear comes and they get paralyzed because they think up oh, we're not at lows we got to keep going lower and then Finally, it goes back up and then they end up kicking themselves in the pants. And so what I took away from this quote, and it could totally be way out of context, is, um, you know, whenever pullbacks and opportunities come around, you know, make sure that you're there to uh, do what you set out to do. Because I know a lot of people plan for pullbacks, pray for pullbacks. Well, um, there's a little one here. So maybe there's something to do. I love that quote. Um, I take it to mean what you said and more. And I'm pretty sure Bob Dylan wasn't talking about stocks, but- You sure? I think <laughs> it is exactly what you said though, opportunity, you know, uh, to get deep and philosophical when all is said and done and I'm staring back at the rest of my life that I've already lived as an old man, um, you'll still be in your thirties, Luke. But when that <laughs> happens, I will 
be trying not to regret things that I did that were convenient and easy. I will be trying to reflect on the hard things that I did that led to great things. You know, I think it was Will Smith kept saying, the rapper? No, magic is what happens on the other side of fear. What'd you say? The rapper? The rapper. <laughs> no, that is cool. No, magic is, no, that's a great one. So when you can confront your fears and, and not just rest in what's convenient and easy and then wish you had taken a chance later, you know, take the chance. And of course, that means opportunities. And, you know, I'm not going to give you all personalized advice, you know, to go buy a motorcycle and ride it without a helmet. But what I'm saying is, I take that quote to mean, you know, confront situations head on and, and be willing to have the confidence in yourself to, to conquer whatever it is that, that you're, you're, you're anxious about doing. So, and wow. that comes with stops, pullbacks, identifying yeah. outliers. And I agree with you. Oh, sorry, we got dogs. Don't I think that. that means I think that means it's closing time, dude. This was a good one. This hit me right here, right square in the chest. So, oh, it's good. Thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. I uh, I'm gonna nurse my. And with that, we'll go ahead and shut it down. Yeah, Lola and Rocco are talking to you, all of you out there. They're telling you, don't fear the dip. Look for great outliers and listen to Luke. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember, this broadcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Investments can carry substantial risks. Before you make a financial decision, you should first consult your financial advisor.